Carly Ennis, it's great to see you. How are Yay, you? How are things? It's been a long, 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 too long time. Too long. Um, I have to say the Fresh place is looking. Fresh and weather looking. looking. Yeah, you're, you're like looking great. Like yourself, yeah, wearing yeah, yeah. the new set of windows. Oh, yeah, I didn't notice. <laughs> My God, yeah. Did your powers of observation are shite. <laughs> <laughs> So in we go, and the first thing I see as we step into the shed is two tortoises wandering around. Yeah, George is, George is in mating mode. He, you'll try and have sex with your shoes as well <laughs> at some stage. But look at me, he's on the map when he is, having a great time. And there's pancake. Ah, pancakes under the heat lamp, good girl. Yeah. That's, a, that's a brilliant invention. It's a heat lamp, but it's also got the UV, the full spectrum UV under it. So it's basically like an The place is looking great and it's such a big shed now we actually have space yeah, have to sit down take care I've even hung up my coat for God's it's sake amazing, how posh it? is that it's amazing I'll tell you a funny story before we get started oh, yeah um, so you know I have chickens and all yeah. that yeah? yeah so I rescued a few more chickens from a friend of mine who, who just hadn't got time to look after them at the moment so he shifted them on to me and that included a rooster a big old rooster now the, the chicken coop is right under my daughter's bedroom and of course I got into a lot of trouble because the rooster starts going off at four in the morning like mad um, so I was scratching my head what to do and of course YouTube is a great resource for a lot of helpful hints and tips about all sorts of different things from cars to to chicken keeping and one of the uh, advice that people gave and one of the inventions was a, a small strap that goes around the, the neck of the rooster it sounds cruel but it's not it just basically stops them when they crow they puff up mm. an air sac that helps them crow and this basically just kind of restricts that mm. puffing up so they can still cock a doodle do but it's a lot less uh, loud in volume mm-hmm. and I don't get into trouble with mm-hmm. the family and he doesn't end up in the pot right. happy days so I was like that's that's brilliant uh, I'll, I'll get myself some of them and of course what did I google when I was looking for a thing I let me guess <laughs> I looked up <laughs> cock choker <laughs> which is the worst thing you can do so I had to contact my boss and explain the whole situation <laughs> how I end up uh, looking up cock choker on my computer and that I was actually looking for a rooster suppressing strap so yeah so there's a so little bit of free advice there. yeah <laughs> free advice out there to all your listeners if you're trying to uh, suppress your, your rooster's calls do not uh, google <laughs> Cock, cock choker because you or get all not, sorts or at least not on your work <laughs> yeah, your work least, yeah you get all sorts you do but there you go <laughs> thought that was funny so happy Christmas Collie happy Christmas to you and happy Christmas to all our listeners it's a it's an, a, a lot more um, hopeful Christmas than we were having last yeah. year and it's a it's a good vibe about the place yeah. so, it's actually yeah. feeling Christmassy it's very it crisp and cold very Christmassy very yep. nice we had a little bit of snow here yesterday Did so it, yeah yeah, it was nice wow so um, yeah um, uh, I hope you all have a great Christmas and yeah. I, I think we're going to have a, a well it's a slightly Christmassy episode well it's got Christmas in the title it's Christmas in the title that's the most important thing and I really want to talk about something that fascinates me and it's one of those places that I'd love one day it's on my bucket list right. and it's a, a small island in the Indian Ocean owned by Australia mm-hmm. and it's the Christmas Island ah. yes so the thing that I know about Christmas Island only because it's recently been in the news was this 
migration of crabs, beautiful big red crabs in their thousands, more or less taking over everything and taking over all the human built stuff like roads. And people have been blocking off roads to stop uh, cars driving by so they, the crabs can do their migration unhindered. They look like incredible creatures. Yeah, so um, the whole of Christmas Island, of course, is, is, is like all the, the islands that are out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. They have these really unusual and, and, and endemic species, that, you know, unique to these islands. And the Christmas Island crabs are fantastic. I'm right up the Critter Shed's alley in yeah. the fact that they're, they're very unusual um uh, unusual creatures for for crabs and there's a couple of uh, different species that live on the island a lot of them are land crabs you have the blue crabs they're fairly still attached to water they have to be in and out of water more, like, more or less like our own crabs mm-hmm. a bit more towards the land but then you have the other crabs they're, they're, they're fantastic creatures I've got a photograph here I'm going to show you and they're called the robber crabs ah they're the ones that I've seen in and out of people's tents literally robbing stuff hundred percent, and that's where they got the name from. Um, <laughs> because when the early explorers showed up to Christmas Island, they found these crabs, and you can just see oh, the size. Now. The size I'm looking at a picture there on on the, the phone. They're gorgeous, like the size of a bin. That's like a, a bin, and you can see him. Anyone can Google as this. Big as a bin. He's as big as a bin, and he's trying to get into the bin because he probably smells some nice uh, some nice food in there. And what they are are basically they're generalist scavengers and omnivores they'll eat everything from carrion to seeds to to to, to weeds and, and leaf litter um, and and it's the same with the the other species of crab on the island the, the rubber crabs are actually believe it or not uh, oversized hermit crabs ah so when they start out in life yeah they literally will be they come from the ocean they did the adults spawn in the ocean they f- the young develop in the ocean um, over a couple of weeks and then migrate back to towards the land find little shells mm. like all hermit crabs mm. do and then come out onto the uh, onto the land and will live in shells until they reach a certain age around five or six when then they'll actually develop a hard carapace over the back mm back end of them their, their, their rear end where they'd normally be hiding that in a shell which is completely unusual for 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 hermit crabs but you can see why yeah. I mean when you get to that size you're going to be hard pressed yeah. to find something you'd have to go book it on your yeah. back or half um, the size of a wheelie bin yeah a motorbike helmet or something <laughs> um, and like how long does it take them to get to that size to adult five size five or six years to yeah, become sexually mature yeah but they can live up to they reckon they can live up to 60 years old wow which is amazing um and yeah, and they, they, they kind of, they float around a lot of different islands around uh, the Indian Ocean and, 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 and those areas. They, they were actually on Australia and some other bigger islands as well, but they've been persecuted and, and introduced species have been a bit of a nightmare for them. Mm-hmm. So they're one of the species that mm-hmm. is on Christmas Island. I think they're fantastic. But the main one and the, the star of the show is the absolutely wonderful um, Christmas Island red crab and they are fantastic creatures and they're the ones as you can see oh here oh my god so we have a picture here and it is like just chock-a-block if you imagine Croke Park at a concert and there's just people crushed up together and yeah. except they're crabs and they're red <laughs> they're red and, and you can see here along the road um, conservationists and local people now they're they're really getting into protecting them uh, because they realise the value of them not, not just like from a natural uh ecosystem point of view but for tourists yeah. um, uh, people flock to, to go and I hope to do it someday myself they flock to this place just to have a look at this mass migration 
Um, but what they're doing is they block off the road much the same way we would do with uh, toad patrols or frog patrols in, in our neck of the woods to get frogs safely mm. across roads. What they're doing is they're basically corralling these crabs into areas like where there's ramps built, where there's bridges over the road built, uh, where there's pipes under the roads. So they can basically find their own way back down to their breeding grounds without right. getting crushed by traffic. So where are they coming from? So they're heading back to the sea, are they? Yeah, so they have a really interesting um, life cycle. I think we'll start off with the adults' migration. Mm. So basically what the adults are doing there is um, at a certain time of year, mostly around where the monsoon hits, it, that starts the rains to fall, gives the crabs a, a, a bit of a, a signal to it's riding time. <laughs> so they, off they go down towards the uh, the coastal areas. And what happens then is the males arrive first and they start digging out burrows. So they'll dig out these small little burrows and fight over them. It's very territorial. The best breeding spaces will attract the bigger and better females with more eggs. So there's a lot of scrapping going on. Rarely fatal. Sometimes they lose an arm or a leg, but they'll go back after the next molt. And then the females arrive and the males will court them, mate them, the, the most attractive male with the most attractive mating hole will 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 get the best females and they'll breed with them and then the males will immediately wander off back to the forest where they come where they came from. So they split they'll stay on land their whole lives. Really? Yeah, they they are a land crab. Wow. Their only connection to the ocean is for breeding. Yeah. So what happens is the females take up residence in the hole that the males had dug it out. And they'll sit there and they'll incubate incubate the babies, uh, the, the the eggs, in a brood pouch. Oh, so wow. crabs have a flap on their belly, the yeah. females do. And that's where all the eggs are, are kind of situated. So she'll sit in there. It's nice and moist. It's nice and warm. The eggs will start to develop. And if you can imagine then, those eggs are basically sitting on the mammy waiting for the next event. And they're ready to pop. And what the next event is and it's usually set off by a full moon and what happens is that moon will rise up over the ocean the female crabs will leave all these burrows en masse like hundreds and thousands of them there was at one point millions of them wow and then move down towards the beach and then they do this thing where they run into the water (laughs) and it's very um it's very human like kind of you know when you see a little kid running into the sea and they're flapping their arms around with joy this is what the crabs do and it's like this. there was all these legends that they were like you know uh, celebrating their return yeah. to the sea and what a matter of fact they're doing is they're trying to shake those eggs and yeah. get as much water onto the eggs because as soon as the water hits the eggs uh-huh. with the lava inside that's developed it explodes oh yeah Wow. So then the lava goes into the water, already free swimming. Like, is it a, is it, does it look like a small crab? No, it looks it looks kind of like a unicorn. It has a it really? has a tail, a big eye, and it has a, <laughs> a, a a horn on its head for piercing the egg. Wow! When 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 the water uh, hits it, and then they'll develop uh, over the next number of weeks in the local yeah. area, feeding off plankton and becoming food for thousands of other animals, whale sharks. Are, are the biggest predator of them because of course they'll just go through and hoover yeah. them all up but there's masses and masses of numbers of them you can see if you look at there's some great satellite photographs and you can see the clouds of the plankton that they form as they're developing now that doesn't take too long they re- develop very very quickly and then they will come back to the same beaches on, on a high tide and they are microscopic tiny little 
crabs, little versions of their parents, and they start a migration from the uh, coastal areas back up into the forest again. So this fantastic cycle has been going on for generations and generations and it's just these carpets of animals that move back and forth yeah. from, from the forest. Now I talked about earlier on how important they are I suppose for local tourism and as a scientific curiosity but more importantly from a biodiversity point of view these crabs are the engineers of the island. Mm. So basically what they're doing is they're gardeners. Mm. So they're eating a lot of the seeds that fall from the forest uh, canopy. They're removing all sorts of weeds because they'll just eat them. So they keep the forest far clear. When they're digging around in the dirt looking for morsels and leaves to eat, they're turning over the soil and putting nutrients in it. Mm. They're pooing, obviously, like mm. all animals. So they're uh, fertilising the ground. Mm. So they've actually, these crabs have created the forest around them. Wow. So they are a fantastic creature. Now, it's not all good news on on um, Christmas Island, unfortunately. And it's all down to another invasive species that, of course, people have introduced. And it's called the crazy yellow ant. No. Have you ever heard of them? I never have. Okay. So they are, they are one of the, probably one of the worst invasive species on the planet. Really? Yeah. So they're a, a, an ant that came from the tropics. I think it was West Africa. But they've basically gotten into Australia. They've gotten into anywhere there's kind of tropical areas and people have been moving freight around or whatever. This species of ant have gotten in there. And the interesting thing about them is they're super, super aggressive towards other creatures. Mm. They're very territorial and protective. But they're not aggressive to each other. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting for ants because most ants will set up a colony and even the same species, mm. they'll go to war over territory, food resources and all that. So what happens with these crazy ants is they can set up shop in a place like Australia, like Christmas Island, we'll stick with Christmas Island, but in a lot of the places in the tropics where they've arrived, where animals don't know how to deal with mm. them. And also, because they are not territorial with each other, you'll get a colony that will set up then like all ants the queens will leave that nest and they will form nests nearby and instead of having five or six nests in an area what you have is a super colony oh a biological army Jesus alright yeah so anything that comes across them that's small enough to overpower and predate like cockroaches and spiders and caterpillars and all they'll eat that's bad enough so that's going to damage local ecology this ant is actually also a farmer. So they farm uh, tiny aphids that live on the, the scale insects that live on the uh, plants. Mm. And they they actually bring along their own ones and no. set them up. Yes, wow. it's unbelievable. These scale insects that they're milking for honeydew, mm. when they become established, the ants will protect them and make them grow and bring them around to different trees. They produce so much honeydew that it drips down from the roof canopy onto the leaves below them and it forms a mould and it can actually kill whole trees. All right? God. So then you have this problem with the scale insects that the ants have caused. Also, we'll go back to our crabby friends, Mm. our beautiful uh, red Christmas island crabs. As they're migrating through patches of infestation with these ants, they'll obviously cause a bit of uh, disturbance in the soil. The ants will come out and think we have to protect our nest. 
So they attacked the crabs and mm. they attacked them by using a folic acid that they can spray from their backsides and they basically blind Shit. the crabs yeah. which causes them great distress and they'll burn their joints and spray them anywhere where there's a little opening wow. so the crab to defend itself will kind of produce a foam to try and cool itself off and, and get the the, uh, the ants off which dehydrates it and it basically the crabs just die from stress and from the acid that's been sprayed all over them it's a horrible drawn out long death oh, but the, the any crab in the area will be wiped out and they've wiped out they reckon between 10 and 20 million <gasps> crabs on Jesus. Christmas Island are gone. Wow. It's insane. So. God. What happens when the crabs disappear? Yeah. What did we say they were doing earlier on? They're they the gardeners the and they create the forest. Yeah. So now you've got native weeds that are were, were under control are now going into the forest uh, causing a lot of problems for people because they're getting stung by these things that would have been eaten a lot. Mm. You've got sapling trees coming up that would have their seeds would have been eaten before or uh, tinned out. So you get these thicker patches of forest. It's it's causing all sorts of problems for the unique biodiversity on the island. It's just the quality of the soil is decreasing. Anywhere where you see these ants arrive, mm. cause havoc with the. Uh, with the with the crabs, it's completely messed up the mm. whole biodiversity. And it's there. because they're they're introduced that the ecosystem that they're in didn't have enough time to develop its own ways of living with the ants. Yeah. In other words, yeah. and how long are the ants there? They reckon they were brought over fairly early in the nineteenth century, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. It's hard to tell, but once you, a lot of these invasive species could be there for a long time, bubbling away beneath yeah. the surface. Um, and then kind of explode all of a sudden um, but they're there now now how do you control it yeah, exactly. what do you do yeah. so it's really interesting work being done by the uh, the Australian um, government over there and what they've what they've been basically doing is initially dropping baited poison from Helicopters and from uh, people just going into into the den you have to remember this is a really dense rainforest in these areas so it's hard to even spot where they are but they have and they put these baited poison traps out which isn't ideal uh, it's very costly you can't have casualties mm. um, with with the crabs themselves eating the baited poison so what they tend to do is put out uh, a real stinky old corpse of something mm. or other that draws the crabs onto that mm-hmm. and then put the poison out for the um, the ants now that on the short term basis can wipe out an area of, of ants but they will recolonize mm. very quickly because that's just the way they are what is planned now and what they're trying to work on at the moment is they've got a species of it's a species of wasp a micro wasp and what the micro wasps actually predates on is not the ants it predates on the insects they milk for the honeydew the, ah. uh, the little the little um, they're farmed yes they're farmed they're, so they, what, what they've discovered is if you go after those specific species that the ants farm mm-hmm. it drops their activity it drops their willingness to you know investigate new territories it drops their aggression hmm. because they're just not juiced up on sugar yeah. it's basically taking a lot of their power <laughs> supply away wow so basically they're breeding these small little um 
wasp species that will actually kind of lay eggs in the in the uh, Oh, it's one of those horror stories yes, that we've exactly, heard here we've, before. Exactly, exactly. They lay the eggs that, into the aphids that yeah. are still alive and uh, yeah. are kept alive. Exactly. So and they're using they, them yeah. and they're trying to breed them up, release them. Hopefully they'll put a severe dent in it. Now, that does sound risky, but nowadays it's not in the days of uh, releasing a cane toad. We're past yes. all that. There's a or lot of scientific studies done into what this introduced species mm. will do if it will affect other native fauna and it it doesn't seem to be the case and it could work really well on Christmas Island and it's really one of those things to watch in the future because you know you will have to find a natural solution to the ants you can't just keep poisoning them yeah. because it just won't work yeah. unless you did it on a massive scale and just given the the terrain of um, Christmas Island and how difficult it is to get to certain spots um, there are probably still spots on that island that no person yeah. has ever been to still which is bizarre to think you know do you know how big the island is I don't off the top of my head it's not very big yeah. it, it's a small enough space I couldn't oh. tell you but it, it's it's not massive um, but it, 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 it does have areas that are like quite hilly it's an old it's an old volcanic island mm. which would have formed up been sunken again mm. reformed so it's quite hilly in places and even like researching for this episode I just got yeah. so into it like I mean it's one of those things now I'm going to be following yeah. like for years because yeah. it's just fascinating and it's kind of like how do you solve that problem of yeah. of of you know uh, helping out a, a species from like potential extinction yeah without yeah. without uh, damaging a, a, a very unique mm. uh, ecosystem and the idea of crabs living in a forest is just wild it's it? mental yeah. it's mental I, I always found land crabs fascinating um, how many species are there of land crabs I haven't I a clue I don't I haven't know a many. Clue. yeah but I know there's a lot in there you can get with her- in, in the pet trade you can get a a, a, a fair amount um and they're really freshwater land crabs, so you can actually breed them in captivity. Right. I know that, like ghost crabs and stuff like that. Yeah. But the ones that are connected to the ocean, of course, you couldn't you couldn't set up a, yeah. a tidal surge and a, and yeah. a moonlit night. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't match that. But um, they are just fascinating creatures, and 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 the fact that they have engineered this island rich in phosphate and by burying they basically bury the board poo and, and yeah. when they're doing their, they're digging around it's, yeah. it, it really is incredible and here's another thing the crab numbers that we know and kind of perceive as normal today this mass migration mm-hmm. that wasn't always the case there was a species of endemic native rat that mm-hmm. lived on that island mm-hmm. oh, and only, only that island and when that was around the crab numbers were a lot lower and they believed that was because the rat was predating on the crabs it would have evolved beside them and there would have been a natural balance formed then yeah. and of course then when the European settlers bring over the ratus ratus the the, 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 the the regular rat that gets out into the island that brings disease and they lose their native rat species mm. and then the crabs numbers go through the roof ah. so in a way the crab numbers are probably a little bit more uh, numerous right. <laughs> and by a little bit probably by millions <laughs> than they would normally have been with yeah. that with that natural predator yeah. that evolved them there it's all so, about balance so we, we've gone from one end of the stick yeah. to the other and now with the introduction of the, the, the yellow crazy ants you could go to the opposite end of it where you'll have very little um, 
of the of the red crabs mm. of Christmas Island left. So it, yeah. it always blows my brain when you think how things depend on other things. Yep. And as soon as yeah. something falls out of balance, weird things happen. It's amazing. And then when you start thinking about what the impact that we could have um, just by putting something small out of balance. You it's know? crazy. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. It's like introducing any species. You've no idea. And, and like I was saying, you know, you can have species that are introduced that could be... For, in Ireland, for example, we, we now have the common toad in the Dublin mountains. Mm. Uh, and it seems quite innocuous and harmless. And, and, and it, you know, I love them as, as little animals. And they live in Europe and you've... You'd probably have them up in Holland where you are living now yep, and, and, yep. and they live in the UK in people's gardens and everything. But we've never had them in the island of Ireland for, for God knows how long, at mm-hmm. least since the Ice Age wiped them out. Um, so you don't know how they're going to affect our ecosystem. It could be a completely different exper- uh, experience. Always in demand, always in demand. That was your phone. Sorry about that. Hang your on. Do you know what that reminds me of? What? all this talk about ecosystems and how balanced they are and if you introduce one thing or one thing disappears the whole balance changes and the, you don't know what's going to happen I remember once I heard somebody saying with a bit of disdain a bit of sort of bravado um, oh I'm so sick of all this thing about the Amazon rainforest and butterflies dying off in the Amazon rainforest like what the fuck do I care about butterflies dying off in the rainforest but then what people like that don't realise a lot of people don't realise that one species dying off somewhere you don't know what knock-on effect that's going to have. It's a cascade. My my example of it is, for people who are old enough to remember, there was a game called Kerplunk. Yeah. And you used to have all these marbles in a tube and uh, a lot of kind of cocktail sticks supporting them. And the game was to pull as many sticks out without the marbles collapsing. And it just took one of those sticks everything was going well and then you just pull out one of them and that can be a, a, one species in an ecosystem and you pull it out and the whole thing collapses or for younger people Tetris is the same thing you just hit one of those bricks and you can lose a whole lo- line of things uh, uh, on that game and it really is that simple mm. you, can, you can destroy a whole load of uh, species in, a, in an ecosystem with you know little effect now it's tragic but there might be no effect whatsoever or you could destroy one and absolutely devastate the whole thing. And the red crabs of of, uh, of Christmas Island are a prime example of that. Like they're they're the engineers of the island. Mm-hmm. They're a real keystone species. Mm. And uh, yeah, if they, if you lose them, you're going to fundamentally change that whole island's ecosystem from the root to the fruit, like like from right to the <laughs> bottom of the yeah. the food chain. Like it's it's incredible to think it could just basically be an island run by ants. <laughs> that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Spraying for spraying acid everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. So the moral ants. of the story is: love your Christmas crabs. <laughs> yeah, well, except for the ones you get <laughs> at a drunken office party. We won't talk about that. <laughs> So Christmas crabs, fantastic. They're perfectly placed for Christmas as well, aren't they? They're red, they're <laughs> they look gorgeous like, looking, they look like yeah. they're a Christmas If you were, yeah. were going to pick out a, a, a Santa crab, <laughs> 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 all you have to do is stick a little beard on them, you know exactly. what I mean? Um, exactly. But uh, yeah, they are, they're a fantastic uh, uh, animal and, and you know, uh, festive in their own way. I mean, it, the island was discovered um, 
a, a long time ago. It was discovered. I'm going to pull up my notes here. It was discovered in 1615 by Richard Rowe, but it wasn't named Christmas Island until Captain William Miners in 1643. Oh, wow. So he's the guy who called it Christmas Island because he decided to do it on, on, on that day. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... And was there, were there indigenous people living on it? I believe there were. Okay. Um, I think uh, I, I think there were, but you know yourself, like yeah. like everybody else, they didn't do too well when yeah. we arrived and started to mm-hmm. uh, to, to wreck the place. Mm-hmm. But um, so it was discovered by Western explorers in what yeah. year was it again? Yeah. Well, discovered. We say discovered, yeah, but it was always yeah. there. The, uh, sixteen fifteen. Sixteen fifteen. That's five years before my house was built. Ooh, your new house <laughs> I was about to say when you I was like I was shit myself you're going to say five years before I was born and then you whip out your vampire teeth and fly off out the, out the door of the shed Jesus Christ give me a heart attack but um, yeah really really interesting animals and, and if you're any way interested in you know how ecosystems and, and as you were saying Colette how, how you know, animals that knock on effect. That not, yeah. knock on effect. This is one that's actually happening now mm. in live, in real time. That you can follow. There's so many papers out there being written on it. It's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, it's a puzzle to solve for conservationists and scientists. Um, and it really is, as I said, happening in real time, and it'll be interesting to see how it pans out mm-hmm. and how how can they. Uh, wipe out this this invasive little bugger that is the crazy yellow ant. Um, yeah. Gotta admire them though, you know, super colonies of ants taking over islands that were once ruled by crabs. Could be something out of a, a sci-fi movie. You need to write novels. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. And you wouldn't even have to reach far for the crazy stuff. That's exactly it. Just, just, <laughs> just copy nature and just exaggerate the size. That's it, you know? But yeah. Um, so happy Christmas to everybody. Yeah. And Happy New Year for 2022. And we hope that you're uh, getting on okay with our intermittent uh, dropping of episodes because we are working in two different locations now, like for for real. We're international, bitches. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, but thanks again, as always, for listening in, for sharing the episodes, for commenting, for tweeting. It means the absolute world to us. Yeah, we love it. And... um, We've, we've got some doozies coming up for you in the future as well we and, uh, we're going to be bringing great stories from the Netherlands and they're doing really interesting things in terms of biodiversity mm-hmm. and building new ecosystems building islands only for wildlife so there's tons to talk about we have to get you over on a plane at some point yes, when you're allowed yes, to travel I, I, I'll, be, I'll be straight over there I'm also going to be interviewing a few of our Irish conservationists and scientists yep. um, hopefully getting out to talk to the lads in the dead zoo at some stage as well yep. so we've a lot of stuff coming up and uh, yeah keep listening absolutely now you're going to have to reach under your chair because George is stuck see this is what happens when you get Randy tortoises <laughs> on the loose look at him he's off again that's not an attractive tortoise that's my runner The Critter Shed is part of The Warren the home of great Irish podcasts as is my podcast Petrified You'll find more great shows at thewarren.ie.